Burke's on his feet. He looks up and gives me a grin and says, Hey, dude, you too must be from Marin. Marin County's A-OK from Tamastin and all the way to M.A. Fresh organic veggies in the market every day. The dentist, Dylan, and Welcome back to the Run TMC podcast. That is the Run the Marin County podcast, a podcast about basketball in Marin County and perhaps beyond. I am Duffy Ballard and here is Dave Floppy Action, Coach Dave Floppy Action Levine. How are you today, Dave? Duffy, a happy blob and slob to you, my friend. Uh, Listeners, these are deep cut references to episode two. Highly recommend you go listen to that one. It was a doozy. It was a humdinger. It was a rocking good time. Uh, but I'm doing great. How are you, Dave? Great. great. Yeah, I don't like to be called a blob or a slob, but I do sometimes feel that way on the court these days. Uh, things are slowing down a little bit. Went on a went on a jog, Dave, and it was about a 12-minute mile. And uh, but I didn't fall. That's like at least that's a win. You know, sometimes you're doing like the little cross-country running, you hit a little root, and you go face down. Was that one where you, Duffy and I, listeners, we often trade voice memos to each other with ideas or, or thoughts, and every now and then I'll get one from Duffy involving some heavy breathing that is usually means he's on a bike ride or a run, so I'm always concerned that you're going to trip over right. something. Yeah, I think the most recent one was a run. Okay, cool. Anyway, all right, well, we are already digressing. Uh, episode three, we are grown up. Uh, we are on the way to growing up, and if, um, if we were a dog, we'd be 21. This is your line here, Dave. I don't think that math checks out, but you know that, that's all right, dog. Okay. Math, as we know, is for mathematicians, Dave. Uh, I'm more about a gestalt guy, and so uh, if I feel that two and two could be four, that's great. But if I exercise the belief effect, it could be five. So I'm just going to feel the numbers, and we'll just... We believe in the belief effect on this podcast, as we've covered before. We'll just uh, digress again. Uh, okay, so we're going to toot our own horn a little bit here, Dave. We've made a bunch of progress with the podcast. We are on Spotify and Apple and other platforms. We have a really dope logo. Shout out to Katie Levine for the logo. Indeed. We have an email. It is the Run TMC podcast at Gmail. We have a uh, Insta, which is also going to be named... The Run TMC podcast. But currently it is just at Run TMC podcast because Duffy and I are not smart. But that's well, okay. Well, we're not completely aligned on everything. Most, right. 90, <clears throat> 95% aligned. Uh, we nearly have a website. It's looking great. Shout out to Angela Ballard. We're almost there. Just a few more enhancements uh, that we need to finish there. And we have some what are going to be really neat, really comfortable Run TMC podcast t-shirts on the way. They actually are very cool t-shirts, I must say. Yeah. So, uh, Shout out again to our friends at Stroke 9 and their classic Marin. And that's our intro and our outro. And reminder that they have a show this coming weekend, October 14th at Hot Monk in Nevada. Cool venue, great band. You'll almost certainly hear the song Marin. It, uh, Greg Geldner does a little, or Greg Geldner or Stephen Heath, one mm-hmm. of them usually is, um, it does a little cameo there. Also, thanks to Luke Esterkin for his help remastering our production, especially he kind of saved episode two. 
We'll get to player control uh, foul, but our audio uh, in episode two is not ideal. We recognize that. We're getting better, and uh, Luke help, uh, helped us make some lemonade out of some lemons there. So thank you, uh, Luke, and Stroke Nine. And uh, anything to say about Stroke Nine, Dave? Well, I love Stroke Nine, as we talked about. Go check them out at the Hot Monk. And I do want to point out, um, <clears throat> yes, stuff. we have the player control segment at the end where we're going to talk about our errors, omissions, shame, all that stuff. But... Just to cut it off in the past, I'm well aware that Marin County has more rock stars than Jerry Garcia and Luke. Uh, as I mentioned in episode two, I was being facetious. I was being funny, being comical. But um, we can cover this at a more appropriate time, namely the player control segment. And actually, by even bringing it up now, it's probably another violation. I probably have committed another foul. You are fouling out. It's uh, the second quarter. You've hit the bonus. And uh, you're going to be shooting some free throws. Two free throws, not one and one anymore, right? Right. That's, that's, that's right. That's brutal. Uh, okay. Do you know, Dave, what's almost as much fun as watching end-of-game free throws? I can't think of anything that would be as enjoyable. No. Uh, our disclaimer. You know, remember, we're kind of moving around where we put the disclaimer, but I that's think right. it's good to put it in the intro. That's right. So the disclaimer is that Dave and I have um, other coaching roles. We won't cover them in detail here. And uh, we have other jobs as well. And uh, But this podcast is just the two of us talking basketball. We're not here to endorse any particular team or skills trainer or anything like that. Right, Dave? Correct. Uh, <clears throat> so we're just talking basketball. Now, of course, if skills trainers or programs want to be sponsors, that's different. We're that's open. Different. Yeah. So, uh, okay. We're going to get to the sponsorship in a moment. But first, uh, let's cover some local news here, uh, some college recruiting news. And I know this is going to be an area of interest to some of the players that are, are listening. And I've, we've heard from some that, you know, the high school players are out there listening to the podcast, yeah. uh, which is great. They're picking up some historical knowledge. Uh, and maybe they'll, you know, pick up a little bit of, you know, tips and uh, tricks of the trade with regards to uh, recruitment. It's, uh, so what happened? What happened? I, I digress again. What happened? Tell us about Jace Butler. Yeah, so Branson's uh, senior guard, Jace Butler, who's an awesome player, um, officially made his choice. He's going to the University of Illinois to play basketball, which is incredible. Uh, that's, I mean, high-level D1, Big Ten basketball. Um, I've watched Jace play for a number of years. As, as our listeners know, I'm a Branson grad. I'm a Branson fan. Um, so um, I've seen him play since his sophomore year when he was brought up to varsity. And, and, and I noticed as a sophomore a couple of years ago, um, you know, Jace would control games. I mean, Branson has two, Branson has a, a team full of great players and has for years, but two notables are, are T.T. Carr and Jace. Um, and when T.T. was a freshman and Jace was a sophomore, um, they just played beyond their years. They're both great athletes, obviously, but just really good basketball players, good decision makers, very poised. And there were a couple games that I remember watching when he was a sophomore where Jace would basically every possession would, would get the ball and was sort of controlling the, the game. Um, so I'm not surprised that he's continued to work on his game and improve. He's 6'5". He's probably going to play point guard at the D1 level. Um, and he can shoot it. He can handle it. He's a lefty. Um, I'm just so excited to see him play this year for Branson and then uh, beyond at, uh, at Illinois. He narrowed it down to four final schools. I was hoping he was going to select my alma mater, Stanford. But um, ultimately, it went down to... Uh, Illinois, Stanford, USF, you know, local program, and UC Santa Barbara. And it was interesting. He mentioned in an interview that um, 
UC Santa Barbara was in the mix because they've had some success in the, at the pro level with Gabe Vincent, who's been a great contributor to the Heat. Um, USF is a local program in a really good conference with Gonzaga and St. Mary's. And obviously Stanford's got that combination of academics and athletics. But, you know, Stanford's in an interesting spot, right, with the, the move to the ACC. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how that, how that plays out. It's a lot of travel for, for those kids now. So uh, he ultimately chose to go with Coach Brad Underwood in Illinois. Illinois has got a great program they have for years. Coach Underwood is, is fantastic. I love watching them play. There's nothing quite like Big Ten basketball. So I'm, I'm very excited for Jace, and congratulations. Yeah, it's just great to see this happening in, in Marin County, right? Like Division One players coming out of this county. Branson's built an incredible program. Had a chance to watch their freshman team play, their incoming freshman team play this, earlier this summer. And they're a bunch of kids that look like they're already varsity level players. And they probably won't be because they have so much, they have a lot of depth there. But a shout out to Gabe Halbrick, who was on our CYO team last year. He looked great playing for the, uh, the Branson freshman team uh, this, uh, this summer. Uh, Dave, you have, as a coach, some experience with a player who is getting a lot of recruiting interest as a junior. Uh, you want to talk a little bit about Carly? Yeah, so Carly Amborn is a San Domenico junior, phenomenal kid, um, works really hard. And through her, you know, she played, We later on in this episode, we're interviewing Caden Korst, and we talk a lot about her AAU experience playing for Cal Stars. We'll get to that. But Carly played for Jason Kidd Select um, this last season and got some great exposure on the AAU circuit and just seemed like every week was getting a different amazing offer from Division One schools. And so she, as a junior, has several offers, and um, it's fun as her coach now. I'm, I'm, you know, entertaining calls from really high-level programs. Coach Fulton and I are both um, helping her navigate this process with her parents. But um, it's really fun. It's exciting. It's a little nerve-wracking. It's a little scary, but um, man, it's exciting. And just all I have to say is, this is a kid who you're going to see on national television in in two years. I mean, she's going to play somewhere really good and she's continuing to work at it but going through this recruiting process is is very interesting right and we talk about that with kk as well who played division two basketball so we'll we'll get into that we will we will dave uh let's see do we want to launch into the glossary segment or do we want to take a, a break for a quick word from the i think duff we should talk about our sponsor our sponsors well yeah Dave, we are making progress here. Uh, we do not have an official sponsor, but we have interest. Yes. We have interested parties. So if you are an additional interested party, reach out to us. Uh, the Run TMC podcast at Gmail would be a great way to do it. Or, yeah, just if you see someone in a Run TMC podcast t-shirt, just put, yeah, put a hand on the shoulder and we'll, let's talk. Uh, yes, we have interest. And we are going to throw out a freebie because they, they are friends of the pod, uh, no matter what. And it is the hub in San Anselmo at Red Hill. Great burgers, uh, creative salads, uh, great venue for sitting inside or outside watching a game. Uh, they have Oreo shakes. The kids love the Oreo shakes. And uh, full disclaimer here, they did hire and employ my daughter, Haley, for a couple years. And uh, she had a great experience there as an employee. So all around, you know... We gotta give some gotta give some love to the hub. We love Jerry and Rebecca and the hub. Go get a burger, get a beer. They have great great beer selection. It's an awesome spot, fun place to watch a game. Um, Duff and I have many a time after playing pickup hoops uh, gone down to the hub and uh, had a little postmortem. Yeah, 
Uh, and we're going to have Owen Dugas uh, on the podcast with Coach Russ Bauer at some point, probably November, to do a season update or preview for Archie Williams. And we'd like to do this for as many of the different high school teams as we can. I don't think we're going to get to all of them this year unless we go to daily podcast, Dave. But I, uh, you know, dare to dream, right? Maybe. With enough sponsorship, maybe we could. Maybe we will. Maybe we will. All right. Uh, let's see. Oh, uh, another plug. We need some correspondence, and we need people that are going to be at games uh, starting in November that can send us their reports. What did they see? Who played well? Uh, what you know? What type of action they're seeing from you know different teams? This could be CYO. It could be high school. Uh, our goal is to come up with some rankings because Dave, people love rankings, right? They do. Uh, top forty, Casey Kasem. Totally. Uh, probably a ranking of high school teams. Boys and girls, sure. Just a top ten, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Casey Kasem reference went way over the heads of a lot of the listeners. Really tough. Well, do you want to tell us about Casey Kasem? Top forty, Casey Kasem. That was a pretty good, pretty good impression. <laughs> All right, uh, Dave, you have ghosts. All right, so basketball terms, boys and girls. Today's term is ghost, and we're we're not talking about. I'm having some coffee. Okay, yeah. Sorry. There's our first iced coffee reference. Um, so we're not talking about scary movie stuff. Uh, we're talking about ghosts. So this is in the context of a screen and a ghost screen um, is essentially a fake screen. So we've talked a lot about that the current game, the modern game is primarily five out or four out, one in, a lot of dribble drive, a lot of motion. Um, a ghost screen is a really effective tool to use in this. And essentially it's a, it's a fake screen. So if you picture a five out set you have a point guard that has the ball maybe just across half court. You have two wings that are, you know, free throw line extended beyond the three-point line. And then you have a player in each corner. If a wing is coming up to set a ball screen for the point guard, instead of setting that screen, they either dive to the basket for a backdoor cut or they cut across the lane to the other side into space. What they're doing is they're creating what's called a double gap. And a double gap is just a massive gap on the court where the point guard, the closest defender to the point guard on that side of the court, let's say it's the right side of the court, is the defender guarding the corner player. So you have essentially two passes of, of distance, and that's called a double gap. It's great for a couple of reasons. One, if you have a good point guard who can handle the ball and penetrate, now you've got this huge area that that point guard can penetrate to and create, either score him or herself or draw and kick to a, a teammate. The other thing it does is just, it just facilitates more, more motion. So... Um, the ghost screen is a very common action. Um, it's a little bit different than there are other terms that are kind of interchangeable, but different. A blur screen and a slip screen. We're going to use those in, uh, in later episodes. I like the blur. Yeah, I, I hadn't seen that until last year, and I saw Tyler Gaffney uh, put that in. And it's a nice visual deception. Very simple, but after you've been running some motion offense and you throw in a blur, you're going to get you know, probably some space on a dribble, dri dribble drive. Yeah, and I was, um, I was the other night at practice, um, at an NBA practice with my friend Zach Barello, the, the Redwood Girls varsity coach, great coach, and he's been incorporating ghost action um, with their sets, and it's, it's, it's beautiful when it, when it works, when the players really get it, because um, it's a great change of pace, right? Because you think that the screen is going to happen, and maybe the screen will happen. It's sort of a, it's almost like a, you know, an RPO in football, right? A run-pass option where the quarterback makes the decision. So the player can decide, do I want to ghost this or do I want to set the screen? Um, so the defense, or the, uh, yeah, the defense obviously has no idea what's going on. So it's very effective. RPO, I like it, Dave. 
I didn't expect that. Trying to extend to our football fans <laughs> no, here, Duff. I did not expect that. All right, what do you what do you got for your term? All right, uh, I'm not a mathematician, Dave, but I'm going to give you an angle, a 45 degree angle, and this is a very important spot on the floor. So if we're going uh, 180 half circle, right, and if 90 is the top of the key, then the 45 is the wings, and it's exactly halfway across from the top of the key to the baseline. Uh, and this is the ideal place to attack angles from the wing. And uh, so when you were running offenses or any coach is running an offense, there's a lot of emphasis on getting the ball to the 45 and then attacking that angle because it's an angle that provides ability to kick it to the baseline for a shot, to the middle for drop, and also the perfect angle to finish at the rim where you're able to use the backboard. Off the white square. Off the white square. So uh, shout out to Coach um, Scott Tachiki. We call him Cheeks. Trying to get him into at least every other podcast. With our CYO team, he just would hammer this with the boys. He just, every single time, made them take the 45. And if they didn't, they were going to hear about it. In particular, we ran a drill, the popular drill, three-on-two continuous drill, Dave. And it's where you you have a fast break going both directions. uh, And it's a three-on-two. You got a defender, one defender sort of at the free throw line, one under the basket. And you have a person with the ball coming down the middle. You've got two wings. And to run the drill properly, those wings should be hitting the uh, three-point line and cutting in at the 45. And if they don't, they're not maximizing space. And as we know, we've talked about this a little bit, Dave, that basketball is a game of angles. Uh, Skill can be interpreted as interaction with space, not just the ability to handle the ball or shoot the ball. It's how you use the space on the floor and how you manipulate the space of the defender or the offense, depending on what side of the ball you're on. So 45, remember the 45, Dave. Absolutely, and particularly for youth players and to you know, the JV kind of level, I mean, think about how many missed layups there are in, yeah, in games, yeah. right? And if you just finish, you do work so hard to get a good shot, just give yourself the best chance. Get, shoot that 45 degree angle from the block. Um, the 45 is a, is a critical thing to, to know, and I can't tell you how many times I've said that to my teams. So, and I love the, the Cheeks shout out all right, is it time to intro our guest? Yes, let's do it. Um, so I'm really psyched to have uh, my friend Caden Korst as our guest for this episode. Um, she goes by KK, and uh, if you don't know who she is, you will. She already um, already has had a huge impact on basketball in Marin. Uh, she was a phenomenal high school and AAU player, um, and she's you know now embarking on a coaching career. Um, and I just, I'm so excited to see where she takes it because I think she's got so much talent. So, um, I'll try to be brief here. So she grew up in, in San Anselmo. She went to San Domenico where she was a four-year varsity basketball star. And I don't use the star, the, the word star lightly. Uh, she was four-time team MVP. She was three-time first team all Bay Area conference. She's the all-time leading scorer in San Domenico history. Her name is up on the, on the wall. She's a career 23 point a game scorer at San Domenico and Despite getting injured her junior year, which we talk about in the interview, she eclipsed 2,000 points in her high school career, which is not a small feat. Um, in AAU, she, she played with NBBA, but she also played with Cal Stars, which is a very prestigious AAU program. And actually, um, in our interview, we talk a lot about her AAU experience, and I, I think it's a great part of the discussion. 
and we hear Duppy's uh, dog pause, scratching. Please, our you know our podcast dog Kenya. All right, Kenya's just, just work it out, Kenya. Letting her presence be known. Um, so um, you know Cal Stars AAU program. I mentioned Cameron Brink from Stanford, Haley Jones from Stanford played there. Also, one that, name that I didn't mention is Sabrina Ionescu, who just a, a WNBA superstar, played at Oregon. Um, massive. In the, in the finals, WNBA finals. Playing for the New York Liberty in the finals. And so she was a Cal Stars player as well. So, so KK um, had some great company playing for that program, very prestigious um, and a very demanding program to play with. Um, so she then played at Cal State San Marcos, Division II. Um, and we talk a lot about that and the transition to that level, which was very challenging for her. Um, some great insights that she gives. And now she's working with N- NBBA, as I mentioned before. She's the girls director of business development. She coaches teams. She's a skills trainer, and she helps run some of NBBA's rec league programs. So she's working closely with Rick Winter, Zach Barello, Tony Butler, Michael Turner, and the whole team over there, which is a great crew. And she's near and dear to my heart, the freshman girls coach at Redwood. I have a daughter who's a freshman at Redwood who's thrilled to play for KK. Um, so I've coached with KK and I've um, seen her work with kids. She's smart, she's prepared, she's thoughtful, but beyond the basketball, she just really connects with these girls. And these are girls who really benefit from having a strong female role model. Um, I'm so thrilled that my daughter's gonna play for her and I'm really excited that she agreed to sit down with us. I thought it was an awesome conversation. Um, I highly recommend the younger players listen to the whole thing. Uh, we get into some really interesting topics about recruiting and, and just kind of dealing with challenges as a player when you level up. So I thought she was awesome. And uh, what do you got, Duff? Way to keep it brief, Dave. Yeah. Well, with KK, I mean, come on. No, she was great. Uh, yeah. Well, first of all, I, I do need to, uh, I mentioned Haley, uh, my daughter earlier, her name also up uh, on the wall at San Domenico, right. not as a basketball player, but as a uh, mountain biker and, uh, and a runner. So good work, Haley. She's off at college running at Williams uh, in Massachusetts. But uh, that's this uh, basketball podcast, Dave. So uh, KK, I'd never met KK before. Um, I think we'll get this to this in the in the outro segment. Uh, but I was impressed about her just being a mature person and almost certainly also a mature athlete, uh, just by the way she handled herself when we met and chatted, and then also in the interview. Uh, as we talk about in the interview, we did do a quick shoot around here at our court at my house here, played a game of tens, uh, which I think many listeners will be familiar with. So we spliced this a little bit, Dave, because I started to talk about KK's shooting form and I was really not describing it as um, succinctly as I would have liked to. So we had a little shoot around and we played a game of tens that many of the listeners will be familiar with on our home court here. And it was a very competitive game, wasn't it, Dave? It was. I lost, but that's fine. Uh, KK was playing, shooting with a men's ball and shooting from on a court she hadn't shot at ever before. And there goes Kenny again. Why don't you take that outside, girl? <laughs> uh, and, but same form every time. Just being replicated. Kenya, come on. Here we go. All right, Dave, I'm taking the dog out. Okay, go ahead. All right. Come on, Kenya. That's a little bit too much of that. All right, so, but I would say she shot 85%. She had balance in the legs, uh, same follow through every time, backspin on the ball every time. She's following the, the, the beef, you know, you've heard of the beef, right? Of course, yeah. balance, 
elbow follow through. through. Yeah, there she, she had the beef. Um, and so very impressed just with the shot. Now, of course, we didn't play as just a shoot around, but uh, she handled that very well. She also handled the fact that I got her, you know, but it was like nine, nine in the game to 10. Yes. And then we each made about four or five in a row. Yes, Duffy's okay. very modest. Duffy won, but well, I, yes. KK uh, shot the heck out of the ball. And again, it was a men's ball, um, 29 and a half, as opposed to the 28 and a half that the women use. So um, she can shoot it, bottom line. And you were heckling her once you got knocked out. Yeah, I mean, I was pissed. She beat me, but whatever. All right, well, I think you'll enjoy this interview uh, with KK, and hopefully uh, you'll, you'll get a few nuggets out of it. You can take, if you're a player, you can take home, or if you're, you're a coach, you can take home. Or if you're just listening for fun, you might just want to look up something she said. Let's get to the interview. All right, let's do it. All right. Hi, KK. Hi. This nice. is so fun. Nice to see you. Uh, Excited it's been to like, be here. It's been a day. Um, so uh, our guest is Caden Korst. So KK, we already gave our listeners your very impressive background, so I won't bore everybody again with how amazing you are as a player and coach, and I won't have you fake humility um but let's let's cut to the chase so 2000 points in high school 23 points a game a total stud at san domenico um played at cal state san marcos now an amazing coach that every uh girl in marin wants to play for um so we're psyched to have you also our first guest here now episode three our first guest that it's not an old dude so you are a fabulous woman. You're young, vibrant, full of energy. So um, I think this is a win for us, Duff. Duffy just nodded. All right. So um, most people who play basketball are not superstars, KK, right? Um, yeah. You think about uh, a team has 10 to 15 players. Um, not many people score 20 points a game. You're You're unique, right? You are a star. And we've said throughout this podcast, like for kids, you don't have to score to contribute. Fulton talked about it. Mm -hmm. uh, that's all true. But you are someone who could put the ball in the basket. Um, you're rare. You are, Duff, I'm going to act very young. You are her, as the kids, <laughs> as the kids say. So what I'd love to talk about is your journey and go back to the beginning. So walk us through your journey. When did you first start playing basketball? Yeah. Did you play CYO? Go ahead and start. Uh, my first basketball was like rec league at the Fairfax Pavilion, probably first grade, first, second grade. And then I played CYO at St. Anselm's um, all, every single year, A-team every single year. A-team. Okay. And was your, was your dad your coach, your mom your coach? No, my parents were not basketball people. Okay. Now they are. Huge basketball family now, but they, yeah. They just threw us into a bunch of sports. Basketball stuck. For me, at least. My sister played, too. But then uh, she was on the B team a lot at CYO, and I was on the A team. And my parents were like, you got to get your stuff together. We can't have two different teams. Yeah. So was that, was that awkward when you were on the A team yeah. and your sister was on the B team? Yeah. But your, your sister, I mean, just not to cut you off, but your sister's not a slouch. She played no. college lacrosse or, or like, or like she, very good lacrosse Yeah, player. she was very good lacrosse player at drake or archie and then she played club at santa clara yeah but she was just social and had a ton of friends and played sports for fun and i played sports to win 
end. So when you were playing CYO, um, the coaches that you had, now you don't have to name names about who, you know, were the coaches were your favorite, but what resonated with you? Like, how did you get so good? Was it your coaches? Was it just, were you self-motivated? Like, how, how did that yeah. work? Yeah, um, I did it, a lot of it myself. I feel like I was always in the garage dribbling. I was always shooting outside. I made my dad rebound for me every second he wasn't working. Um, I would make my sister play one-on-one -on -one with me. I would, like, pay her um, to guard me for a couple hours. Uh, or until one of us would cry or something. And, yeah, I just played all day, all the time. Totally self-motivated. Yep. Did you ever play against boys? Yes. I played, my first club team was MBBA boys. I was on the number three team. I think it must have been sixth or seventh grade. Okay. And how'd you do? I loved it. It was so fun. Um, I did. I did well. I, I, for some reason, sh shoot the ball well with a bigger basketball. Um, I don't know why. I always do better with big ball, so I, I was just a shooter. So full disclosure, before we started recording, uh, KK, Duffy, and I just played a little shooting game outside with the men's ball, and uh, KK kicked my ass. So um, I can confirm she's a good shooter, whatever size basketball we want to use. <laughs> um, so when you were growing up, so you're, you're working on your own, you're one of those kids who's just self-motivated. You love it. Were you doing skills training like the kids do today, like you do for kids today? Like, did you have a, a skills trainer or were you just doing it yourself? I did it myself until high school. Um, I started training with Zach Barello. Yep. But it was so casual. It was, hey, if you're, I'm at the gym, do you want to bring friends? And I'd bring, there were like six of us and we would go, we would do yeah. skills for 30 minutes and then play for two hours. Um, but a lot of it was on my own. How about playing pickup? Did you play pickup? I didn't play that much pickup and I regret that a lot. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah. I, again, my parents never played. Right. They weren't competitive in sports like that. So I guess not that they didn't know, but I didn't know either. It was like pickup just wasn't a thing. So this is, this is also, a generational thing and that's you yeah. heard our discussion with Tom and John yeah. talking about the Drake outdoor courts and it's it's we see this a lot player like you you're you're a fantastic player you've achieved everything one could achieve in in basketball totally self-motivated there just wasn't a lot of pickup going on in the county in the last couple of years right I think so yeah um, but now I, I, I play a lot I try to play multiple times a week I'm in a woman's league now nice. uh, but yeah, when I was in high school, the only open gym I went to was in the summer at Drake. It was girls, or I played with the San Domenico boys. Okay. Because we had open gym, and two girls would show up. So. At what age did you realize, hey, I'm really freaking good at this? Like, I'm a really good basketball player. I feel like I've never had that moment. I'm so hard on myself. I, when I was in... CYO, like sixth grade. If I had a bad game, I would throw away my shoes. I would switch my hand. I'd become a lefty for like a week. I was like, that doesn't work. Went back to my right hand. Uh, yeah, I've, I've never thought that I'm. So your own worst that critic. Girl. Yeah. And that, I wish I gave myself more credit, but just who I am. I get it. As you get older, you'll, you'll start to give yourself a break. Um, okay, high school, you go to San Domenico. 
Um, audience, I coach at San Domenico now. I sadly did not coach KK. She predated me. If I was there, she, I would have screwed everything up for her. So, um, but she was, she's on the wall at San Domenico. She's, uh, the greatest player to ever go through that school. Um, I mean, just kind of every scoring title you can imagine all league multiple years. So how did you choose San Domenico? What, what were your thought? What was your thought process as you were approaching high school? Yeah, me and my sister went there for middle school, and we both loved it, but she was big lacrosse, and San Marco didn't have a lacrosse team. I actually started a lacrosse team there, hmm. but then I hurt myself, and I couldn't play, and they lost every game, and it was a wreck. But So it really just came down to me wanting to play basketball for Stephanie Beekner and Mike Fulton, and she wanting to go to public school, more social lacrosse. But I thought I was going to play for Mike Fulton. Yeah. And then a couple of weeks before, uh, we found out we're getting boys in the high school. And Mike said, I'm coaching the boys. I'm not coaching you. That's that right. Was, that was a tough pill to swallow. That's right. San Domenico used to be all girls. Yep. So you, but you, you recovered, you figured it out, you moved on. Um, so walk us through your high school journey. So uh, as a freshman, were you a scorer? Were you awesome? Were you okay? Yeah. Okay. My freshman year, I feel like I was probably my best. I was just, I've had, I've always had bad knees, but my freshman year, I don't, I felt un, like I felt just good. I healthy. felt healthy. I was fast. I was small. Um, yeah, I, I loved, loved basketball as a freshman. And was it low expectations? You're just kind of playing free. You're, you don't have a care in the world. You're a freshman. What the hell? Or, or I mean, did that factor in? Or have you always, as a scorer, I guess you always kind of feel that way. No, there there was pressure. I know that Mike Fulton's previous teams with the Naglers and yep. Lulu Bernstein and all of those teams uh, were good in playoffs every year and they all left. I played with one, two kids, Nikki and Sana, that played with Mike, mm -hmm. and then everybody else was new. So we were young. Nikki and Sana were just facilitators. Uh, they weren't scorers. They, did, they had no pressure. So somebody had to come in and do that, and I did. Awesome. So was there any particular year in high school where you, you made a big jump in terms of your skills and ability, like, you know, with, it was interesting hearing Tom Poser talk about, you know, playing 40 years of basketball. He can think of there are three years over those 40 where he really made a big leap in terms of his ability and just mindset. Did, was there any year in high school where you noticed, oh, wow, I'm much better now than I was last year? No, I don't think that ever happened for me. I got injured my junior year. And I got hurt. I hurt my knee. I had knee surgery. I form shot. I dribbled a ball handling left hand, right hand. I was in the weight room. Uh, got a lot of stronger. My game changed. But I don't know if that's for the better or worse. I, I'm still trying to figure it out, yeah. I guess. So your senior year, you're still, so you're recovered from your injury? Yeah. Senior year? Yep. You have a good year? You score a lot of points? Yeah. We, we lost at university, first round of NCS, university. Oh. in overtime. I fouled out, still remember it. 
And uh, at university, like they shouldn't even be allowed to host an NCS game. Oh, that don't talk. Our friends at university listening to this, we love you, but your gym is yeah. very challenging move the, to play in. Move the scoreboard yeah. out of the corner. Yeah, it's not a good gym. Uh, it's very small. But phenomenal teams, boys and girls. Yes. And uh, tons of great players will come out of there, but uh, they just need a bigger gym. So, um, so talk about, well, I want to get to your college recruiting. I want to move uh-huh. on from university for sure. We don't want to talk about university anymore. <laughs> Um, but let's talk about AAU, right? Because we've, yeah. we've given our listeners some insight into the club basketball scene. And the, the, the AAU landscape in Marin has changed in the last year with 24-8 joining totally. and doing a great job. NBBA has been fantastic. But you played Cal Stars, yep. right? And that is a, for those listeners who don't know, Cal Stars is a very elite AAU program. Tons of really high-level D1 players, you know, Haley Jones, Cameron Brink from Stanford played Cal Stars. Um, so talk about your choice to, how did you land at Cal Stars? How did you decide to do it? And what was that like? Yeah, that's a good question. I I was with MBBA. And then, like, I was with the boys, and I did one year with the girls, and my sister was on a different team than I was. My sister played on Zach's very first girls team. That was must have been freshman year of high school with NBBA with NBBA in the fall and I was on Steph's one team my parents were like can't be on two different teams so I was like I'm done and I was like perfect I can go to Cal Stars like great and I did it and it was it was a hard switch to make just because I felt very comfortable with NBBA and with Zach and Rick and Steph at the time sure I, I loved it, but I knew I needed to be pushed. And so I went to Cal Stars and I was shy and I didn't know anybody. And I actually would carpool with Kylie Horsemeyer. Mm-hmm. Her mom and her grandma would come so we could get the carpool lane. Uh, yeah, two hour drive, three days a week was brutal, but I, I enjoyed it. So Kylie Horsemeyer, uh, listeners, uh, fantastic player for Redwood. All league, all everything, playing currently at University of San Diego, Division One, on a scholarship. Her mom, Karen Horsemeyer, Marin legend, uh, played at Santa Clara, coached at Cal, uh, fantastic coach and player. So Kylie's awesome. So, and KK, it's interesting to hear you say that, right? You heard our discussion with Tom and John talking about the value of playing with people you don't know. And yeah. here you are playing NBBA with your friends and Zach, who you know and are comfortable with, yep. and Steph. And now all of a sudden you're going driving two hours and playing with a bunch of strangers who are really good and really good, you know, probably not easy, gets you out of your comfort zone, but in hindsight, probably great for you, right? It was, it was awesome. And I had a, I, a coach, Bernard Barnes, he passed Mm -hmm. actually last year, but young guy, super fiery. He was probably the hardest coach I've ever played for. Uh, But I, I loved it. I hated it at the time, but. What he said made an impact, I think. Yeah. So in terms of hard to play for, so you make a mistake, he's all over you? Yep. Or, okay. Very short leash. Yep. He had, we played with uh, Allie Bamberger, who went to Washington and transferred to St. Mary's. She was our post player. Uh, and she was also very intense. And I think that they, like, fired each other up. Okay. And so Bernard was just on us. If you missed a shot, if you missed a layup, if you missed a defensive assignment, 
um, he was very, very intense. So it's interesting you mentioned Allie because I mean sometimes I've found, at least in my experience, that playing for coaches that are very demanding and critical, that's one thing. Playing with with your teammates yeah. who are on you when you make a mistake. I mean, that you know, the legendary ones like MJ and Kobe, they're not easy. Dinah Tarazi, they're not easy on their teammates, right? They have expectations, and sometimes that's even harder than yeah. when the coach gets on you, right? Totally. I mean, I was that asshole in high school, so I get it. Yeah. I mean, I, I seriously, Piper forgave me. Jillian forgave me. Yeah. But I have a, a lot of my high school friends are haven't talked to them in years. Yeah, and this is, uh, you know, really competitive people. Um, it, that, that competitive fire comes yeah. out in those games, and I get it. Well, I, I, I just didn't, never understood that basketball wasn't their life. Right. And they were all like, they're great people, good athletes, not bad basketball players. Um, but I, I needed them to be like me. But I, I was psycho for trying to expect that. Yeah, and this is a great debate among coaches. You know, Tom talked about this. Fulton talked about this. Um, how do you get players to play hard? How do you get players to buy in? Yeah. Right? And a coach and even a teammate can only do so much. At, at the end of the day, it just kind of comes down yeah. to, do you really want it? Um, and the great teams have multiple people who really want it and who really care and are willing to sacrifice for it, right? So, so I'm interested in kind of the AAU style of play versus playing in a more structured high school environment. Yeah. Right. So talk about that. So you play in Cal Stars games, college coaches are there constantly scouting. What's the style of play like and how did you adjust to that? Was that great for you? Was that a hard adjustment? I loved it. I learned a lot. We ran a 2-2-1 full court press, makes and misses, run and jump. It was called fire. And we ran it 24-7 yeah. every single second of the game. Doesn't matter if we were up by 50 or down by 50, uh, even though we were never down by 50, yeah. I don't think. I think we were number six in the country. Nice. And I was, yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. Um, and then... How about offensively? What'd you, did you guys have any yeah, sets? Yeah, or? we ran a, a dribble drive offense, sure. and we had probably 20 sets. It was. I think that's why they're so good. They have sets, they have structure, they do the same thing. They, If you buy into their program, you're successful them for them. So, Was the ball moving? Were people passing and sharing the ball? Or was it a lot of one-on-one? Even though you, even within a, a framework, you can sometimes have yeah. individuals um, kind of trying to create their stuff. There were definitely a couple kids that wanted that scholarship yep. and would do that. But I would say it, that wasn't the vibe. Uh, everybody... Yeah, everybody shared the ball. Everybody played defense. Yeah. And the great college coaches look at that. I think there's an assumption that the college yeah. coaches want to see players that score. You're a player, yep. as we talked about. You're you're her. You scored a lot. But you did everything, right? You played defense. I see the way you coach. You care. You see the little things. Yeah. And college coaches look at... How are you? How's your body language on the bench? Yep. You know, are you cheering on your teammates? Are you sharing the ball? Are you playing help side? I mean, that's important, right? So yeah, and I didn't learn all that until college. Oh, okay, I take that back. I learned it, but I didn't believe it. Okay. My high school coach was very. She played at Dominican Sonoma State. 
San Bernardino on great college teams. And she she told me the truth and I it was in one year out the other. I refused to yeah. agree with it. Um, I thought I was above it and then I got to college and I wouldn't say it was a wake up call, but it was like, okay, she was right. So let's talk about college. So how did you choose Cal State San Marcos? What was your recruiting yeah. journey like? Um, so I, I had a couple walk-on spots at some Division One schools. I was pretty high on Pacific in Stockton, but I was like, it's in Stockton, one. Yeah. Two, I won't see the floor, and okay, I okay, need okay, to play. Our, to our listeners in Stockton, we love you, and it's a lovely Yeah, town. there we go. Sorry. Okay, thank Wait. you, KK. Yeah. We have broad reach with this podcast. All right, go ahead. Uh, I... Sac State. Yep. Um, let's think. UCSD didn't have the grades. LMU. So s- some smaller Division mm-hmm. One schools had spots, but no money. And money wasn't a big thing, but I knew I wanted to go somewhere where the coach right. felt like I was worth something. And then there was Sonoma State and Dominican and a bunch of D2s and D3s. But I, was, I wasn't sold on anything. And I was about to go play junior college uh, or take a year off or... Sure. Where were you going to play JC? At Santa Rosa. Okay. Yep. I've always been very... Not behind, that's not the word, but I I, I figure things out later than most. I mean, my sister knew where she was going to college as soon as she could. She got a job before she graduated college. I'm like always five steps behind her. Uh, And so it was May of my senior year of high school. And I'm playing with Zach at MBBA and we're playing at uh, the Ultimate Fieldhouse. And I had a great game and UCSD wanted me and they said that I don't have the grades. Mm. But my wife coaches at San Marcos and I know she'll take you. And I was like, San Marcos, where's that? Yeah. The and next week we flew down, we saw the school, I loved it, and I was like, I'm in. And for our listeners, where is San Marcos? It's North County, San Diego. Okay. Just inland of Carlsbad and Oceanside. Which is an amazing part of the world. It's beautiful yeah, it down is. there. It's great. And Cal State San Marcos Division Two? Division Two. Yep, pretty new school. Yeah. New to Division Two. So you go from twenty points a game, San Domenico, all league, MVP. Name on a banner on the wall, Cal Stars, super high level AAU. Now you're a college freshman at San Marcos. What's that like? How do you stack up relative to the yeah. rest of the players on your team? Super not athletic, um, small, slow. Welcome to college. Uh, yeah, I, I knew that's when I realized I was like, okay, I have to play defense, I have to rebound, I have to take care of the ball, like shot selection matters, uh, <clears throat> like clock management, you can't just catch the ball and shoot it with right. 30 seconds on the shot clock or else you're coming out, you can't foul in the first quarter, uh, Every everything matters. So the things that work when you're playing, you know, Lake Wilmerding and Marin Academy and Convent are not working when you're down at Cal State San Marcos. Not even That's that it way. just wasn't <laughs> working, but it just doesn't fly. Right. Like even... Cal Stars are very. That's probably the best team I've ever played on with those kids. Yeah. Uh, you could get away with things. Miss a defensive assignment. Sure. 
miss this, miss that at San Marcos, you are you are pushed to be perfect. So for the players who are listening to this, let's say we have some some high level high school players, boys, girls, whoever, who are considering, all right, should I go try to play, you know, try to walk on in division one? Should I play division two? Should I go the JC route? Um, what advice would you give a yeah. rising, and I know you do this for NBBA, we're gonna talk about this, but um, what advice would you give someone who wants to play in college? What, what questions should they think about? How do they navigate this? I would say that this is what I tell the girls I work with now. If you were to get injured, if COVID happened again, if the basketball team was cut from the school, would you be happy at that university? Because <clears throat> basketball is everything. When you play in college, it's like no joke. You're around the same people all day. You do the same thing every single day. You have no – you travel. You it's It's a lot, and – it feels like a lot, but there are days where it's like, if you don't have basketball, do you do you enjoy class? Do you like being on campus? Yeah. Do you meet other people? Um, so yeah, I just think uh, like knowing, knowing the school. If you're happy at the school, basketball is a beautiful bonus. That's I think awesome advice. Um, so that's a now that's a really good segue into KK today. KK yeah, today. that's that could be the name of our KK podcast. Today. KK today. So you are now like the rest of us, KK. You're a working stiff. You're you're working for NBBA um, in a number of varieties, which is awesome. NBBA is a great great company. Um, you're a skills trainer, right? You're yep. coaching some teams. Yep. You're running some of their adult leagues for yep. them. That's awesome. And you're a really important resource for the high level high school girls who are evaluating and going through. The college recruiting process and you're an advisor to them yeah right so that's very but, cool let me say not even just the high level kids i love all the kids i work with even more the kids i think that don't aren't trying to get a scholarship or play because yeah. they're playing because they love it and they want to play and they want to get better and they just it's like the kid in them and i appreciate that like some of these kids that I'm trying to get recruited, I love them all, but sometimes it becomes so much about money, location, this, that. Yeah. Like just play basketball. Um, and I'm, I offer all the advice, but I, I do really enjoy the kids that aren't going to play in college and helping them as well. That's awesome. Well, I uh, selfishly, I, I have a daughter who's a freshman at Redwood, and uh, KK here is the Redwood freshman coach. Yeah. And my daughter and... A bunch of her friends and classmates who I've coached for years are so thrilled to have you as a coach. And I think that says two things. One, KK is awesome. And two, they are tired of me. So I get both of those things. Um, so as a coach, now you're, you're a, a young coach starting your career as a coach, right? Yep. What's your approach to a player who makes a mistake on the floor? You know, we talked about this with Fulton. Yeah. And Mike, Mike doesn't pull kids. It's, a, it's awesome because Mike doesn't pull yeah. kids when they miss a shot. But man, if you don't, if you go in the game and you're not playing defense hard, you're out immediately. So it's just all effort. How, how do you approach this? So I haven't. Co I think I'm going to be different with my Redwood team. If you're not playing hard, you're coming out. If you're yeah, take a bad shot, you're coming out. I'm, I have no issue with that. 
But for AAU, I play through mistakes, play sure. through missed shots. Play if you're not playing hard, I'll tell you and yeah. give you a minute to figure it out. So I don't, I don't yank kids like that. I think that just kills confidence. But at Redwood, I'll be different because I have six days a week and more consistent time with them, so they'll know the expectation. Well, I think it's also how you frame it. So if you a kid makes a mistake, takes a bad shot, you pull him out and you don't say anything to him and you give him the cold shoulder, that's one thing. Yeah, that's that's if you pull it, say sit down next to me on the bench or you or your assistant coach explains, okay, here's why, here's what we want to work on. Right? And yeah. And you do it with love and they understand, okay, this is how I learn. That's a whole different mindset, right? Yeah. So I mean I think there's some there's some things that like if you're not shooting well, if you turnovers, if you're in your head, there's things that need to be talked about in a kind way. Yes. But there are also things that I yell yell if you're not playing hard on defense. You can I mean, I always tell the freshmen to not be effing freshmen. Right. And I I scream it at them because the things that I'm yelling at is are controllable. Worry about what you can control. Yeah. I I say it all the time. I heard um, the coach at Midi, uh, great coach. April or Sue Sue, Sue Phillips. Sue Phillips, thank you. Uh, She had a great thing I heard her in an interview talk about how she handles dealing with mistakes. And she said if a player's making a mistake when she's trying to do the right thing, like it's a good decision, just didn't execute. Mm -hmm. Like player cuts back door and the pass was just a foot too high or, or the defense makes a great play. Those are mistakes that that's a good decision. We love those. It's the plays where lack of effort or bad decisions or repeat mistakes, that's what she can't stand. Yeah. And I thought that was a really good distinction, a good way to good way to put it. Totally. Um, I like to emphasize, I know you do the same thing, to our players it's, that it's important to watch basketball. And you learn so much by watching games. So I'm curious, who do you like to watch? Like, are there... WNBA, NBA, college. UConn women's basketball has always been my team. My dad's family from Connecticut. <clears throat> we love Gino's restaurant. We love going to games. Uh, we go to the Stanford UConn games since I was little. Um, All right, I'm going to put you on the spot. You ready? I'm going to yep. ask you a trivia question. Okay. I asked Duffy this earlier today. Nailed it. Yeah, Duffy failed miserably on this one. How many Final Fours and titles has UConn won under Gino? Doesn't he have eight, eight, 11 rings? Eight? Eight championships? What's your, what's your final answer, KK? Shoot. I want to say eight championships, 11 final fours. All right, so you're low. 20 final fours. Seriously? 11 championships. Okay, I was right with the championships. You're, you, first instinct, believe in yourself. So um, that's, yeah, a good one to, that's a good one to watch. So you love watching UConn. I love watching UConn as well. I love, yeah. Um, I follow the team too. I'm like total basketball, like nerd of UConn. Yeah. I love college basketball. I love March. The NBA, I'm a Warriors fan, but yeah, I could could care less about watching every game. Do you um, like watching men's college basketball as well as women's? Or do you... Yeah, I do. Cool. I I like what I I mean. The Pac-12 isn't the Pac-12 anymore, but yes, pour some out for the Pac-12. Pour out some iced coffee dust for the Pac-12. I uh, I love the Pac-12. Love it. I'm very upset. It sucks. Yeah. 
Sucks. So my Stanford Cardinal now we're in the ACC. I know. And Cal, it's, it's very going to be a an adjustment. Um, cool. Okay. So let's let's get Coach KK back. Let's let's have you put on your coach hat. Um, talk to us about a great chalkboard moment as a player, as a coach, a play that game winner, whatever. Just something that that worked that was fun to be a part of. You have one. You don't have to have one, but do you have one? I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't think I have. Okay, we're going to, we're going to interview you in a year. And I'll have A couple one. months after your first season at Redwood. And when you draw up that game winner. Okay, this is how, th- this is a story. We, at, we were playing at home at San Monaco against International. Mm-hmm. They had this girl on their team. And we got into it. We were the same year. It was our senior year. I think they probably beat us. We were probably six. They were probably six and two, so we beat them twice. Where this might have been the second or third time we beat them, and I, we beat them on the buzzer. I made a floater down the middle, and we're shaking hands, and they're all crying, and I was like so proud yeah. that they were crying, and I like I couldn't care about my teammates, like I I didn't care about anything. I was just so happy that they were crying. That's just how I was in high school. Competitive, so you hit a floater at the buzzer to win it. Yeah. That, was I it in the half court? Was it a full court no, situation? No, no, it was, it was right inside the free throw line. Probably should have pulled up. It was kind of awkward, but... Yeah, can you come to a jump stop and go off to you next Yeah, time, seriously. But it went in, so... She's got float game. Don't mess the float game. She's got float game. I actually uh, don't. It's <laughs> like, it was like a joke in college. We'd do these floaters, and I would airball them. I can't do that middle of the key one foot. It's a new, it's a new thing, right? Um, we Duffy and I are in this text chain with a bunch of old dorky basketball people, which is why we started this podcast, but um, somebody sent around the Villanova clips and, with, under Jay Wright, and Villanova, yeah. Jay Wright is like religious about coming to a two-foot jump stop in the key. Like that's, you watch Villanova games, that's what they do. Um, and it's interesting contrasting that with kind of the modern game now yeah. is a lot of floaters, right? Kids are shooting one-foot floaters. Fulton doesn't like those either. No. My issue with them is that well, I don't know. You, we coach girls. Yes. And they all travel so much. Yes. And their footwork is so poor. It's because they all want to do off one foot or pass the ball while they're in the air or pass the ball with one hand. Like, you can't take any of that back. If you're at a jump stop, you have a pivot foot, you can freeze, you can take a pass back. If you're off one foot going for a floater, you're shooting it or you're turning it over. So if you're KK and you score 2,000 points a game, you've earned the right to shoot a floater to hit a game winner. If you're not a 20-point-a-game scorer, I would love you to come to a jump stop. I, we, KK and I are both coaching AAU right now. Last week, um, my team lost by 30, and I told them after the game, I said, the reason we lost this game is because of jump stops and pivots. Yeah. And I wasn't exaggerating or being facetious. If we could jump stop and pivot, we would be in that game. But we turned the ball over so Many times, yeah. Just on those fundamental things. Um, all right, one great drill for kids to work at at home. I think ball handling is super important. If you can't take care of the ball, you it's really hard to be good at. So basketball. what's a what's a good ball handling? Drill? I don't know. Two ball, one ball. Okay. With a tennis ball, I would throw a tennis ball all day. I'd make my dad throw a tennis ball. I would use a weighted basketball. I had those like nerdy goggles where you couldn't see. Duffy, Duffy dribble loves the dribble goggles. Yeah, I, I was always dribbling. Okay, so the tennis ball thing for our 
parents out there. So you're dribbling a ball with one hand, and you have somebody throwing a tennis ball at you. Yep. To or you, catch, you toss it to yourself. Or toss or... it to yourself. Steph Curry does this yep. all the time. Yep. I would stand on things to keep me off balance. Right. I would dribble in the backyard, the brick and the stones, like, uneven. Yep. The garage is perfect place to dribble, but then outside is trickier, so I would go there. I'd put uh, trash bags around basketballs. Um, what's hard is actually to do a balloon. Have you ever done a balloon? No. And dribble, and you have to hit the balloon across, like, go down the street by hitting the balloon. That's why I can't handle the ball. I'm not doing the balloon. Yeah. Thing. That's great. It, it's, yeah, it's good. I, I just think that if you can't dribble the ball or you can't take care of the ball, it's it's hard to not turn it over. Well, I can tell you as a coach, um, if I don't have somebody on my team who I'm confident can bring the ball up against pressure, we're in real trouble. Yeah, exactly. And I also, the thing about dribbling is you can do it anywhere. You just need a basketball. Exactly. I would deflate a ball and bring it on vacation and then bring a pump and pump it. Or if you had a soccer, you could practice with a soccer ball. It, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I learned to juggle. I learned, I, Buck Chavez, when I was little, yep. he told me to brush my teeth with my left hand, brush my hair with my left hand. Yep. I still do to this day. I love it. Because I want, I need my left hand better. So I, yeah, I just loved that part of it. Duff, do we Self, think? Selfie, selfie with the left hand. So, Have you tried that? Oh, wow. I haven't done yeah, that. Yeah, man, it's, it's not easy. Way to connect with the young generation, Duff. I, I was going to say, um, so now we're three for three in terms of podcasts where, where Bucky Chavez is mentioned. I think we're going to be 100% on Buck Chavez references for yeah. every, every podcast. We, we got to talk about Bucky. Um, all right. KK, you've been extraordinarily generous with your time, and this has been awesome. And now we are going to enter the Vaunted Lightning Round, which yeah. is the worst named segment. <laughs> um, another hour to go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So get, get comfortable. All right. Toughest player you've ever played against. Marin or overall? In high school, Akira DaCosta. I played Cal Stars. She played <clears throat> at Baylor, won a national championship there. Oh, wow. Okay. And then she, she transferred to um, LMU. I think she finished there. And then she went overseas. But in high school, she was good. I mean, dunking and What yeah, made her catching. so tough? Was, was she... She was an athlete. Okay. She... I was scared of her, so it was probably mental. Yeah. She, like, she, get, like, no mercy. She was intense, and okay. she, yeah, she she ran the gym. Yeah. And she was tough to play against. But then I also have Kylie Horsmeyer, and I have played one-on-one -on -one so many times, and we would play, and we don't, we would have to go days without talking. <laughs> Got a little too yeah. hardcore. Well, two competitive people. Yep. I love it. Uh, okay. Favorite gym in Marin County? San Domenico. Ooh, good answer. I love it. It's perfect size. The rims are nice. It is a nice it's gym. It's bright. The it's a good floor, gym to shoot in. The floor is always great. Depth perception is good. One thing that I like about San Domenico gym is every piece of it is named after someone. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. The scoreboard is named after the court. Gelati, right? Yeah. The court is named after someone. The gym. The the, the gym. facility is named after. Facility, you're right. Yeah. You're right. But I can't remember any of the names. Can we can we get their advice on how to get sponsorships? Because we're struggling here with our Run TMC. 
we, we don't have any You guys should get a brick. You know, walking to the San Monica gym? They've got bricks of families and people. On. We should. Run TMC. All right. Duffy's going to... I'll tell Jose. That. Awesome. Okay. Uh, favorite basketball TV show, movie, or book? Coach Carter. Oh, good one. First of all, I don't read, so this like, is not including books. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's fine. Uh, so it's just movies and TV shows, but Coach Carter. That's a good one. I like that one yep. a lot. I, that's a good reminder. I got to rewatch that one. Have you seen Hoosiers? Yes. All right, good. Okay. Um, now that you're 21, KK, uh, your favorite bar in Marin County? Uh, I can walk to Matucci's, so that's pretty special. The Tooch, as we call the it. The Dirty Tooch. Yes. Um, yeah. I don't... That will do. I mean, that's, yeah. a good, that's a good enough answer. I think that's my answer. That's Cheap, res- cheaper drinks. It's a responsible answer. Mm-hmm. Um, Thursday night karaoke is fun. Yeah, I don't know. I like that place. Excellent. Um, all right. KK, uh, you're a buddy of mine. I love uh, talking to you about your history because uh, I learned a lot today. Great job. And uh, really appreciate your time. Duffy, do you have anything you would like to add? Anything I screwed up or missed or... Well, we will uh, cover that in the player control foul segment. This is a new segment uh, where we made mistakes segment. or corrections. Yes. I can say that my intention to not speak up during the interview, I screwed that up again. So that's one on me. But no, great job. Great interview. Thank you, KK. Yeah, thanks for having me. You're the best, KK. Thanks, friend. See ya. Of course. Bye. Goodbye. Good. That's <laughs> great. Nice job. Well, way to go, KK. That was great. What do you think, Dave? I mean, I loved it. It was great. Um, you know, we, we, we talked for 40 minutes or so. Um, I, in hindsight, I wish we had talked for another hour or so. I mean, I, think, I thought she was awesome. A um, couple things. You said things. that already, Dave. I know. I know. I say that all the time. Just like I say, I'm going to be brief, and I'm just a bald-faced liar. Um, so first thing, a couple observations. Uh, KK was super competitive in high school, and she, she talks about that. She was really driven and committed, and um, you know she was that teammate who demanded a lot of the players around her, right? And it was interesting to hear her say that. Um, you know, some of her teammates have forgiven her, and some she doesn't really talk to anymore, right? Because just because she cares so much about playing hoops um, and about winning. Um, I really liked her observation about going to college and how the things that she used to get away with, um, as she said, just wouldn't fly, and. I thought it was interesting how she just rattled those things off, these fundamental principles that clearly her San Marcos coaches had drilled into her. And it was like she just was reciting it like a kid reciting the capitals of the states. Like, can't blow a defensive assignment, need to rebound, need to take care of the ball, shot selection matters, clock management matters, don't foul in the first quarter. You know, it's just these things that clearly were ingrained in her and just shows you how demanding it is to play at the at the college level. Um, also, just... I just like KK's style. I mean, she's authentic. She's real. She's understated. You know, my style is to fill the space with words. And I say a lot of words and very little substance. And I think KK is the opposite. She says very substantive things in a minimal amount of words. It's like, uh, it's the verbal equivalence of uh, I over dribble and she under dribbles. And Duff is pointing at a book. I've got a book, Smart Brevity, The Power of Saying More with Less. It's actually, it's a, very brief but powerful book. So there's a famous line from a writer 
who said, uh, I wrote you a letter. I apologize for the length. I didn't Wait, have time. Mark Twain. Mark Twain. I didn't have time to write a short one. Yes. Yeah. Um, so basically, I'm lazy and KK's not. Well, some of us just have the wordsmithing ability. And that's you, Dave. So Sure. You talk more and say the same. But people like to listen to you. Sure. That's why we have a podcast. Ah. So anyway, I love this discussion. KK is a great, a great hang. And she's going to accomplish amazing things as a coach and professional. So thank you, KK, for joining us. Duff, what, you, what were your thoughts? Well, I mentioned before the mature athlete, and KK just strikes me as very mature. She's, what, 21 years old? She just turned 22. 22, very mature for her age, and it seems like she's probably been that way all the way through. I didn't obviously see her as a high school athlete. But I got a text message on the coaching staff text thread this week about mature athletes versus immature athletes, and it just kind of, it's so true. Um, and the mature athlete has you know, such a huge advantage. And uh, you know, some of the qualities of a mature athlete, they're consistent in effort. They embrace being coached. They care about their teammates, try and make their ke- teammates better. Look in the mirror first before they complain. They know their role and, and they can see the bigger picture. She kind of struck me as someone who checked all those boxes. Absolutely. Uh, yep. So, and then also some, some great little details in there. I love, you know, she said she used to pay her sister yeah. to play against her and they would play for hours or until one of them cried. That, that was beautiful. It reminded me a little bit of playing um, with my younger brother, Chris Ballard. He and I now have been teammates for a really long time. My favorite player ever to play with. But before that, we battled against each other sometimes, you know, for hours, one-on-one full court. And, um, uh, as such, we ultimately just knew each other's games so well. I don't recall any tears. There might have been internal tears, but no external tears. And you're so KK and her sister are twins. I don't think we. I can't remember if we actually said that, but they're they're twins, so they're the exact same age. Duff, you and CB are close in age, but you're not twins. But what? You're a year older. A year and a half. Year and a half, right? Yeah. So, so that's yeah. and one year in school. So one separated one year. In right. Right. Yeah. Uh, then a couple. You know the. The suggestions in terms of how to get better with the ball handling, uh, the dribble goggles. I gave dribble goggles to all my San Domenico kids two years ago. I think they're probably all in the trash or you know in a bin someplace. But KK was actually using those dribble goggles that someone gave her, or she picked out herself. And then the balloon and dribble. I'd never heard of that before. Dribble, you know, ball while batting a balloon, keeping it up in the air. Yeah, that was great. Buck Chavez with a shout out with the left-handed tooth brushing. Um, that, that, that was fantastic. Uh, I guess I'll, I might have to try that, that and the left-handed selfie. Yep. Um, and then the recruiting advice, we went through this process a little bit with Haley last year, different type of recruiting because it is a quantitative sport, uh, running is, as opposed to basketball, uh, very different from what I understand, but the advice about picking a school that you would want to be at, even if you broke your leg or your arm or whatever might be relevant to your sport. That, that definitely resonated with us and with Haley. So I think that's really good advice for those people, those kids out there that are looking um, at playing at the college level. Good stuff. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, so I think that's what I got in, on the interview. And then we've got our final segment of the pod We've got the player control style segment. But before we go, okay. sponsors and correspondents. That's email right. us. Hit us up. Hit us hit, up. Hit us up on Insta. You can find us at the hub. Um, okay. Player control segment. Duff, I have 
I have three items. First, I alluded to this at the start of this podcast, Marin Rockstars. In addition to Luke and Jerry Garcia, I'm well aware there are tons of rock stars from Marin. Now, there aren't that many, I will say, who are Marin natives, mm-hmm. like Luke. Well, like, what, was Luke born in the city? He might have been born in the city. Yeah, moved to Mill Valley pretty early on. All right, we'll call him yeah, a native. We'll call him a native. McGee, I believe. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So, off the top of my head, we got Journey. We got Huey Lewis. We got Santana. Jimmy Buffett recently passed away. Rest in peace. Uh, he used to live in Marin. Jefferson Airplane, Grace Slick. My buddy Rich Price and the Sweet Remains. Shout out. Rich one of my best friends from high school. Great band. Um, Rich is a Marin guy. Um, I was in line at Woodlands Market a couple years ago, Duff, and I was behind Chris Robinson from the Black Crows. Now, they're an Atlanta band. Yeah, I don't think they live here. He, li- I, he I, lives in Inverness. No, he was, he was uh, buying organic eggs at Woodlands. So, I anyway. I love the Black Crows. She talks to angels. Oh, beautiful. And then, f- finally, uh, Sammy Hagar. Shout out to our, my friend Jen Hatch. Uh, who grew up in Mill Valley next door to Sammy Hagar, the Red Rocker. So, fans, I'm aware there are a lot of Marin rock stars. Um, I apologize. You think Trace Hatch is listening? I'm sure he was listening to the Tom Poser episode that okay, we talked good, about. Yeah. Trace, one of my favorite players. Yes, coach, yeah. absolutely. Okay, number two, uh, in the Fulton interview, I said he was in the Marin Basketball Hall of Fame. That was wrong. He is in the Marin Athletic Foundation Hall of Fame. I apologize, Duff. And that will probably be a recurring detail that we need to get right because we have guests lined up who uh, have been inducted into that M-H-A-O-F. Is that right? Yeah, I think that's right. Sure. Yeah. Um, and then finally, this one's painful, Duff. No, I didn't get that right. Sorry. No, you didn't get it right, but that's okay. <laughs> that, that's another player control foul. Um, this last one is very painful for me. This is the third time I have to mention this. I was wrong again about stands behind the hoop. Um, shout out, if that's the correct word, or maybe thanks a lot to my friend, our friend, Chad Stewart, um, who is the principal at Del Mar School. Former, was he uh, associate athletic director at, mm-hmm. at Archie Williams? Mm-hmm. Associate head of school. Associate head of school yeah. at Archie Williams. Um, and also previously was a head basketball coach at San Marin. Um, we're going to have him on. Um, anyway, he pointed out that Archie Williams has stands behind one of the hoops. It's not a big amount of stands, but they are there. They, they come out only for big games, he said. But um, facts are facts. I was wrong. So now we have Redwood, Tam, and Archie Williams as having stands behind the hoop. And again, I'm sorry. I'll tell you one thing about Chad. He likes to be right. And he often is. He often is right. Very good coach. That's Very it. good coach. We're going to have him and Con Dunning on together to talk about San Marin hoops. Great. That, that'll, be, that'll be cool. Two good guys. Um, I've known Con forever as well, so great guys. All right, Duff, what are your mea culpas, your player control fouls? I've got a bunch, but I'm just going to focus on the audio production for episode two. I think our outro was really low with, um, with Marin. And uh, as people noted, Tom, although he is one of the loudest individuals I've ever met, somehow he did not sound uh, somehow his volume was soft in our interview and i don't know how we managed to pull that off but we did but we're getting better dave and uh, each podcast is going to have an even higher production value from here on out so that's my that's my foul unless you have any uh, any other ones for me that's all i got duff you're perfect perfectly ready to close off this podcast and and call it a wrap let's do it let's do it all right Good, good outro. This is the longest outro we've had.
Burke's on his feet. He looks up and gives me a grin and says, Hey dude, you too must be from Marin.